Welcome to Ventures Dialogue Radio. I am your host, SM Gaines, and I am so happy that you're joining me for season two. Today's episode is very special. I got my very good friend coming on to talk about stocks, bonds, investment, 401ks, IRAs, life insurance, wills. We got you covered in this episode. So if you want to see how you can make your money right for the future, stay tuned because this episode is all about finance 101. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show my good friend. He's a teacher. He's an entrepreneur. He's super fabulous. Mr. Wendell Fan. Wendell, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, well, well, thank you for having me. It's, it's, you know, it's my pleasure and my, my honor to, uh, uh, to join you. And, and I thank you for giving me the uh, time to uh, share. So I reached out to you because I've been getting so many requests from the audience to have someone come on and talk about their financial future. I hope you can shed a little light on the topic and educate us so that our next generation isn't left in the dark because this is a conversation that that many of us never even had with our parents. Like it will co- when it comes to finance, I'm clueless. <laughs> so <laughs> I think in order yeah. to set up our kids and their kids and their kids and their kids, we have mm-hmm. to start the conversation now to educate, you know, our audience so they're not in a in a bad situation when when they're our age. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I've heard it said, and, and I share when I'm sitting down with the family, you know, broke folk, and, and I'm talking about a mindset. Mm-hmm. Broke folk plan for the weekend. Wealthy right. folk plan for three generations. Exactly. <laughs> So, so we, we've got to get that. We, we've got to master that. Right? And we can't leave it to chance. Uh, so so that's a big focal part of when I when I sit down with families or individuals and we talk about just that. Mm-hmm. So, Wendell, can you tell us a little more about your background and, and what type of work you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am a teacher. I teach business and finance at a high school. And we talk about some of the, you know, we talk about business side and we talk about finance side and the importance of both and, and what that's going to look like once those uh, once those kids graduate. Um, a retired Marine of 23 years. I retired out of the reserves. Uh, oh, been... thank you for your service. I didn't even know that. Thank you for your yeah. service. Yeah. Well, thank you for your support. You know, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I you know, had a good tour, um, you know, 23 years, uh, obviously 23 years, right? Stayed that long mm-hmm. and uh, learned a lot, met some great, uh, great people. Uh, and it taught me a lot, you know, most, most importantly, some leadership. And, um, and so I take that and, and bring it to where, wherever I go, uh, a former congressional staffer. I worked, mm-hmm. uh, I've been in the industry, the, the financial industry for uh, over 20 years. And so uh, the, it's, it's, it's just just a passion of mine to make sure that just like you said that we're educated and we teach the next group or the next generation uh, the same things that we uh, that we are doing as as adults now so it's important that we don't just save the money invest the money and don't teach them 
because, uh, you know, 18 year old with $200,000 is not a good combination. Right. So I guess your kids and your family, that was mainly your inspiration for getting into teaching. You know, I was, I was in corporate America and I just, to be honest with you, it just may sound cliche, but I I just wasn't filled, you know, went from, uh, you know, did a couple of jobs and that, that knife just, you know, it just kept Mm, getting deeper. Let me tell you, I know about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was in a place where you know I could you know step away and I wanted my work to mean something uh, and, and the fortunate thing I got a call one day <laughs> you know I, I, I knew a principal got a call one day and she said that she had a position it was a career technical education teaching uh, personal finance and uh, I said I would love to you know so um, it's, okay. so that's that's my passion is to you know is, is to share share that information um, I, I guess maybe I got lucky and and found that passion to uh, to teach. You work or you have a business with Primerica. Can you tell us more about Primerica? Just explain a little bit more about in the services um, that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Primerica is um, you know, Fortune uh, Fortune 1000 company, you know, uh, one of the most 50 trustworthy financial companies, um, got over 5 million lives insured through life insurance, 2.5 million uh, uh, investment clients, mm-hmm. and also listed on the stock exchange. I'm just plugging it right now, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Listed on the stock exchange, you know, PRI. So been in business since 1977. The services we offer, the main service that we offer is uh, life insurance. Uh, That's the main thing that we do, right? So the, 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 the founder saw that there was an injustice. And so we educate individuals on, on uh, life insurance, the next thing we do is investments. And so with both of those, it does no, it does us no good if if I get the family protected and I show them how to invest, and they mm-hmm. still have a whole bunch of debt going into retirement. So the other piece that we do is, is a financial needs analysis. And our goal is to educate them on three things, uh, getting, uh, getting properly protected, mm-hmm. investing for your future, and becoming debt-free, right? So if you go into retirement with no debt, even your house paid off, a lot of people think, I got this 30-year mortgage, and it's got to be with me for 30 years, and, that, and that's, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. So, so we really want to educate them on becoming debt-free when they go into retirement, because retirement looks a lot different when you don't have any bills. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we really focus on middle America, right? So we help families earn more income, become properly protected, debt-free, and financially independent. You know, that's our mission statement. And, and we really focus on middle America. Right. So you don't have to have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to come sit down and talk with us. You can have twenty five bucks a month. You know, we educate you on the process. Now, you can't stay there. However, you know, we want to get you into a position where if something happens, you know, this is not the first thing that you take away. Right. So we want to make sure that you're comfortable with the investments uh, or with the investment amount that you start with so that you can be consistent. And as we go along you know, and as we educate you know, we'll certainly uh, begin to increase that, right? Because you want to be able to retire with dignity. Mm-hmm. You know? If you choose to go back to work, it's a choice, not a have to. You said the main um, product is life insurance. And that's the first topic that I really wanted to jump into with you. And we spoke about this before. Um, 
Can you please explain to the audience why it is so important for them to take out life insurance? Because GoFundMe Mm -hmm. is absolutely not life insurance. I can't tell you how many sad stories I hear about people who they all of a sudden they die young and they're not prepared. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the top of the world. They have no life insurance. They have no estate. So can you please explain um, to the audience why they should take out life insurance? Like, what are the steps? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so first, the uh, the reason why you want to do it is because we know our birth date, but we don't know our death date. Right. And, and you know, we've, we've all had some friends to, you know, we think that left here too soon. Mm-hmm. for a number of reasons, right? And then especially with COVID. Um, so the reason you want to do it is to protect your family. So if you're living, if, you know, if it took two house, if it took two incomes to run that household and now one of those incomes, you know, is gone, what happens to the family, right? So they get uprooted, have to potentially go move back in with family members or move back to a, or move to a place where they're not familiar and not comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, so all, all kind of uh, bad things can happen if you don't have it. Life insurance protects you if you don't make it, right? If you don't get to a position where the kids are grown, the bills are paid, you know, and you know, you're, you're empty nesters now, right? So, so you don't have mm-hmm. all those things. So insurance will, will help you protect that. Everybody's dollar amount is going to be different. A rule of thumb is seven to 10 times your income. Mm, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So rule of thumb. And, and so once, once we establish that, right. So we will look at, you know, the debt that you have and, you know, what you're looking to accomplish or what you want to make sure it happens in the event of your untimely death. And so it protects you until, you know, we get that investment part going, right? And, and if we get that investment, let's, uh, let's just say that we've got a, um, a policy for $300,000. Mm-hmm. And this is going to uh, go back into the investment side, but we'll, we'll come back on the insurance side. If we can get you to a point where you've invested for years and now you have $300,000, you've become self-insured, you know, now you really don't need that life insurance policy. Right. Because we mm. want to help you get uh, become self-insured again. Life insurance protects you in case you don't make it. Now, but- with with the investment, say I invest like I have three hundred thousand. I've been investing with your company and with in life insurance for years mm-hmm. and something happens, an emergency happens. Would I be able to use some of that life insurance money to borrow against it? Is that something that consumers can do? Okay. So, so several types of insurance, uh, and I'm going to be general here because uh, Mm -hmm. again, you know, we need to look at each policy. If it's a cash value type policy. Yes. If it's a term, um, no, with the exception of if you have a terminal illness, right? So then there, Mm -hmm. there would be a portion that the individual could use from that life insurance and wouldn't have to pay it back or anything, right? For for a whole or cash value type policies, you can borrow from that policy, the cash value portion, right? But there's, and this is going to be a general statement because again, you know, each policy is different. And so mm-hmm. we won't know. And, and I only sell term. And the reason why is because uh, $200,000 worth of life insurance, whether it's whole or term, is going to pay $200,000, okay. right? Now by term, you mean, I'm sorry, I'm so uneducated when it comes to insurance. <laughs> yeah. Term is like the life of the policy. Is that what that means? Right. So term is for a specific amount of time. You got 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, right? So okay. To, to do my five timetables, right? So it, <laughs> yeah. So you can buy an increments of, of up to uh, you know five years. 
you know, um, so, so that's, that's for a limited amount of time. Yes. I know like with my job, they provide a certain amount of life insurance, right? but they also let us have an option of purchasing more life insurance on the job. Is mm-hmm. that something that I should do? Like have extra money come out of my check um, to add to my life insurance? Or should I just get what, take what the, um, my employer offers me then get more life insurance on the side on my own. What do you think, what would you advise is the best thing to do? I would advise only get what they give you for free. And here's why. Again, you know, uh, we need that standard operation uh, procedure to see exactly what that plan looks like, that, that group life policy. But generally it works like this. You have to be actively employed on the payroll in order for that policy to pay. So if you go out on disability and you're not actively on payroll, that policy is not going to pay. Wow. So you could be out on disability and God forbid something happens, you pass away, you don't get that extra money. Your family doesn't get that extra money because you're technically not on the books. Correct. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) So the the other part is, you know, most of the time it's not transferable. So if you leave, it don't leave with you. And if you're uninsurable, then it's going to be a a challenge for you to get insurance, you know, and it may cost you, may become rated, right? Where you're going to pay an extra premium um, to be protected. So why does the job keep pushing it? Like here, buy more, buy more. Why do they do that if you can't even transfer it? That doesn't make sense. Like who's benefiting from that? So to be honest with you, it's probably an educational thing for them as well. They don't know, right? Okay. And and they really can't advise you on one way or other, uh, especially when it comes to the IRA, uh, I'm sorry, to the 401k. Uh Uh, They really can't advise you, but they really don't know either, right? If you go in and ask, your HR person, uh, tell me about this life insurance policy. How does it work? You may get a blank stare, <laughs> you know, and that's just, you know, that's that's just because they're not in that industry, right? They're just there to give you, provide you a benefit and uh, not even having read it, uh, they may not even know as well. I wanted to ask you a question about, um, a quick question about wills and life insurance. So if I have a life insurance and say I leave everything to my son, like he's a beneficiary, I leave 100% to him. Is it still necessary for me to take out a will if I'm leaving all of my life insurance to my son? In, in that case, uh, probably not, right? So we will need to look at uh, you, your entire situation. If someone has a minor, someone under 18, or what the state considers a minor, uh-huh. you would not want to leave them as a beneficiary because they are a minor, right? So now those dollars are going to go to your state. They're going to uh-huh. get taxed. And so life insurance is, mm. is money that's not taxed, right? So, but if they're a minor, the insurance company is not going to pay a minor, you know, $300,000, because they'll come back and say, hey, I was a minor. I didn't know any better, right? And may have to uh, write another check for three hundred thousand. So it would probably be better to add if if the if your child is under eighteen, it would be better to add a second person to the policy that can oversee. Well, I don't know if I would. The way people are these days, is it even safe to, to do that? They'll take the money and run. You know that, that that's a tough conversation to have. Uh, when my son was under eighteen, you know it was it was my brother, and uh, you know we told him, hey, this is what he's got. This is what you know the expectations are. And he was good with it, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we know him and his, you know, him and his wife, or my sister, you know, all of them would have been would have been good. But um, so so you whoever that person is, yeah, you're going to have to be undoubtedly comfortable with them because they're going to have all they're going to have the keys to the 
to the locker, you know? And so right. you want to make sure whoever that is, right? And if you don't feel comfortable, then, you know, it would be best to talk to an attorney to say, hey, you know, we want to make sure that these funds are uh, available to our, our children, our child at various stages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, you can still control the money from the grave, right? Uh, so put it in some type of a trust or, you know, or potential will and, and draw it out. Uh, how they are to get those dollars. Yeah. So even the the person that's in charge of your will, uh, you just want to make sure that you know, that those instructions are clear. Right. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The next thing that I wanted to dive into, and um, this is something a lot of people are excited about, is investing. Yeah. Investing one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. What advice can you give to investors, people like me who I'm just dipping my toe into like investing and doing research and, and stocks and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone who's like totally green like me and they want to explore this stock market? Like where should they start? Uh, in all honesty, they should start with uh, with an advisor that will sit down with them regardless of the amount of money that they've got. Right. Uh, You certainly want to educate yourself on that whole process and see what all of that looks like. But you don't have to cut your teeth and figure it all out yourself. Right. So the best thing Mm -hmm. about an advisor is you get to establish a relationship. Uh, So so let's just take me because I can talk about me. When I sit down and talk with an individual for the first time, I let them know, you know, what I do, what my goals are uh, with them and their money and what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. And I'll figure out what they're trying to do. Hey, tell me what you want to do, what you want to do. Uh-huh. And then let's build a plan specifically for you, right? So if they've got money sitting over here, uh, and, and I won't name a bank, but you know, banks aren't, money's cheap right now, right? So banks aren't really paying anything in savings, right? So, right. Um, so if your money can't outpace inflation, your dollar is being diminished, you know, as, as the further we go along, right? So right now, 6.2% uh, inflation. If the bank is paying 0.05%, ask them to be a tough road ahead, right? If you're trying to invest in, if, if you're trying to invest, right? So there's a difference between investing and saving. So, so I would tell that individual, let's get you educated, educated on what you want to accomplish. So a young individual starting out, I say, hey, forget the credit card, get mm-hmm. the IRA, right? And make sure that you can invest in your 401k, especially if there's a match, right? So that's like free money. So invest in a 401k. Uh, I really can't advise anyone on which funds to select in their 401k. However, I can educate them on that fund and based on their risk tolerance, help them decide which funds that's appropriate for them. Right. And is risk specific to age? Like, I guess if someone's younger, they would be able to invest, they would be able to take more risk because if something mm-hmm. happens to the stock market, they can bounce back. But somebody who's older probably would want to um, invest in something that's a little less riskier. So with that being said, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. bonds are, people are saying that it's better now to, if you're starting out now, bonds have a bigger payout than just trying to invest in stocks or mutual mutual funds. Do you think that's accurate? Uh, I'm going to say it's not going to be a hard no, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's not a no. So uh, a rule of thumb with bonds, if interest rate goes up, bonds go down. Mm-hmm. Okay. If interest rates goes down, bonds go up. 
right? So, right. so bonds are, I mean, it's, it's a suitable uh, investment and there's a place for it. But as a young 22, 23-year-old, even mm-hmm. a 30-year-old, right, a bond may not be appropriate based on their risk tolerance. Uh, it's certainly, well, I certainly wouldn't say that, hey, you know, let's put some over here in uh, in bonds. You, you can take a little bit more risk, as you said. But, you know, you've got, it, it's, it's time in the market, not timing the market, right? So that's where most individuals that's doing it on their own will try to do. They'll try to time the market, right? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not very successful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's that's the issue, right? So it's timing the market. So the longer you can keep those dollars in, the better off you are, right? So if you put it in and taking it out, putting it in and taking it out, and you're chasing performance, then it's really hard to win at that point in time. Would that make me a day trader? Because I think I'm totally a day trader right now because I'm on my my app all day watching like, oh my God, like getting sick to my stomach watching these things. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been insane. It's been in a crazy ride the past two weeks. Let me tell you. Yeah. It, it, and it has been, you know, a crazy ride these past two weeks. You know, I look at the market because I just like looking at those numbers, right? It just kind of lights up and I just like seeing it. Uh, would that make you a day trader? Uh, potentially, right? So if, if you can move from that computer, you got to look and, you know, you get yes. in and out, you know, if, if if it goes up, you're 30 cent, you're out. And then, you know, you're, so um, th- that's what day traders do. And, and you got some successful individuals that are doing that. I better step up my game because I think, I don't know, I think I'll be good, good at that. If, if I learn and study and I'm new, like I just started in, um, I think like a month ago, like a month and a half ago, I've been investing in trading and selling and uh i mean it's exciting yep. but not when i'm losing not when it's red when i see red i get right. depressed right? <laughs> you know? when i see green i'm good to go okay so when i see red i'm excited why because, because that when, that's when i'm supposed to buy that's when what, yeah, yeah yeah so what would you rather buy the was it the little bitings uh for 800 bucks or for 400 bucks for 400 yeah. So this is the only industry that people run from when they see some red. Oh my God. So prime example today, I was looking at stocks and talking mm-hmm. to a friend and I'm like, dude, are you going to sell? And I'm like, it's red. It's dropping. I'm, I've lost $175. He said, no, no. I'm going to buy more. Yeah. I was like, why? He said, remember when I <clears> spoke <throat> to you last month and you bought some and I bought some the next day? No, he said, I bought the stock. And the next day you bought it and it was like five cents cheaper because it's a penny stock. I was like, yeah. He was like, I was pissed because I should have bought, went, waited and I would have gotten more yeah. money. He said, it's low right now and I'm buying. And I'm like, okay, I'm so glad I'm talking to Wendell because I will be asking him today. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's absolutely right. Right. So let's, and, and I'm going to, I'm, I'm hoping I can draw this picture and, and, and your audience can see. Let's just say that a stock is $1. You bought it for one dollar, uh-huh. and you know you, you just got in at the right time, and, and you just stuck it out, right? And let's just fast forward uh, ten years. Now that stock is thirty bucks, right? Okay. Uh, a month later, it goes down to you know market tanks, and so it goes back down to twenty dollars. You're still up, right? Because you bought it for a dollar, right? And thinking the long term, you know, it took you ten years to get there, but you know, hey, you have five thousand shares of that stuff, right? <laughs> right. So you were able to make a lot of money and you don't really, you know, and, and so it may go back up, right? It could potentially go back up. And so you want to stay in the market. And, and I tell individuals, they say, well, when do you get out? Yeah, and, that's what I want to know. That's my question. Yeah, yeah. So so the, the hard part is, is when you get out, 
Mm-hmm. And it shoots up because it happened to me before, right? You got it happened to me already with the <laughs> with the lucid stock. I'm still kicking myself in the head because it's up. And uh, anyway, go ahead, Wendell. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. So you got to be okay, right? So so know your exit. If and if if that's your hard exit, you know you got to be okay with it. I got out of Apple. This this is years and years ago. Oh I my God! Out. Don't and, tell and, me! Don't tell yeah. me! <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I have no idea why I listened to my neighbor, right? Because, uh, yeah, for, for some reason, I got out at 284 and it went up to 600 and something bucks, right? You could have been a gazillionaire and I could have been yeah. hitting you up for some cash. Like, well, can I please borrow because <laughs> I need to buy some life insurance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I would have you, right? I was like, yeah, absolutely. We got you. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got to be okay when you get out, right? Uh, so when do you get out if it's losing? Um you know, you can kind of check and see, you know, what's going on in trends and, and all and check to see if if it's still worth it to be in. Right. Uh, but again, you know, it, if, if funds, if stocks are going down, that's, you know, there's an opportunity. I think my issue is, is I wanted to go in and make a quick buck and flip it. Like, I'm like, yes, let me put money. Oh, this <clears> is looking good. Let me flip it. Like, it's a lot of stock. It's a lot of EV. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at mm-hmm. technology. But I I just see like other friends who have been successful and I want that. And it right. took them 10 years, like you said, 10 mm-hmm. years and they're very uh, successful. I don't know if I have the patience and, 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 and tolerance for that, which leads me to my next question for you. Um, I wanna talk about Roth and Roth IRAs. What's the difference? Since I'm so up and down and stressed out about the stocks, should I actually be putting my extra money that I'm that I've been putting in the stock market and open up an IRA instead? If the answer, if your answer is yes, how do I know if I should do like a, I guess it's a traditional Roth or if I should do a Roth IRA? Because I'm really thinking about them like, should I still try to stock market or should I just yeah. do an IRA? You know, it's kind of like this, right? So um, you hit, you said, uh, do, do the stock market, right? So it's, right. it's almost like it's got to be a marriage, right? So, you you know, you're, you're going to commit to it and you're going to, you know, get your game plan. You know, it's okay. slow and steady. It's really not sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it does win at the end of the day. Uh-huh. So let, let's, let's take the market. So we'll take stock and then we'll take mutual funds because there, there's, a, there's a difference there, but it's, it's kind of the same almost, right? So when you look at stock, we'll look at, um, you know, uh, I just call it A stock because I don't want to, you know, say any particular stock, but mm-hmm. we just call it A stock. You've got one share and that one share, if you buy a dollar, uh, well, let's say it's 10 bucks and you buy one share, now you have ownership. Mm-hmm. So you got ownership in that company. If that, if that company tanks and let's say it goes down to two bucks, well, then you just lost $8 of your net worth, right? Right. Uh, so that's one share. That represents one share. And it goes up and down all day long, all day long, right? Mm-hmm. So it now let's, if, if we're in the elevator and it's just one string holding that elevator up, if it pops, it might not be a good day for us, right? Right. <laughs> we're, done. we're done. We're like, done. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. But let's say that we get out of that elevator because we notice that it only had one, uh, one cable, one stock associated with it. And so we get on to elevator number two, where you have a mutual fund, right? So a mutual fund is a portfolio of different investments, right? You got different industries, you mm-hmm. got different companies. Everybody want to get Amazon, but everybody doesn't have 3,500 bucks to pay for the stock, right? Right. So a mutual fund allows you to get in at a fractional share. So if all you got is 25 bucks, right? Again, it's not sexy, but you do get there. Right. 
And if that mutual fund has Amazon in it, so what? You got Amazon now, right? And then you didn't have to pay 3,500 bucks for it. Now we look at the cables, right? You, you know, if you look at all the companies, it could have 80 different companies in there. So if one stream pop, you know, we're still pretty safe. Right. right. And so that one may not even drive the price down because it's just, you know, it's that uh, we look at mutual funds, you break it down, there are different percentages of, of companies in there, right? And it may be the one that had the least percentage, you know, associated with that fund. So it may not even affect it. So uh, getting back to the, uh, to the Roth and the traditional. So here's the difference in the two. A traditional IRA, Uncle Sam, it works closely like a 401k. Uncle Sam says, hey, you know what? You make $50,000 a year. Uh-huh. If you put $5,000 in this traditional IRA, right, I'm going to let you adjust your income to $45,000. That does two things. One, it reduces your taxable income, which we all want to do. Two, it gets you in the market, right? So now you're making money off of your money, right? So $5,000 into the market, and now your interest is earning interest because those dollars are growing tax deferred, okay? So you're not paying taxes every year on the growth of those dollars. With With a Roth, it's a little different. Uncle Sam says, hey, you know what? If you make $50,000, and you put money into this Roth IRA, I'm not going to adjust your income, but here's what I'll do for you. I'll let those dollars grow tax-free, right? The mm. traditional is tax-deferred. The Roth is tax-free. But wait, there's more. You know what I'm saying? Got to meet two qualifying events. It has to be in at least five years. Mm-hmm. And you have to be 59 and a half, right? But that's what it's for, right? It's for retirement. And so, and I'm just going to, you know, disclaimer, you know, I'm not saying that the market would look like this, but let's just say that a Roth, you're able to, uh, that, that $5,000, you say, I'm gonna do it one year and then I'm done. You do it that one year and in 20 years, fast forward, we'll say that it grew to a hundred thousand dollars. You're not paying taxes when you take those dollars out. If you meet those two qualifying events, five years, Mm. 59 and a half, right? Right. So you got you got to be able to qualify for the Roth, uh, which is a nice problem to have if you can't afford one. Right. That means that you're making a lot of money. <laughs> so it's it's it's, it's adjusted. Uh, married couple up to one hundred and sixty um, up, and then it's it's a step down from there. But uh, if you you know if you and your if you and your spouse make uh, three hundred thousand dollars, you can't get into one, which is you know it's a nice problem to have, right? So you make a lot of money. Right. Uh, or if you're an individual, it's around one thirty that it, it tops out that you know you you wouldn't be able to. Uh, invest in the uh, in the Roth IRA. So, which again is a is a nice problem to have because you're you know you're making money. If that's the case, you know, still just go into the uh, traditional IRA. It's still going to go tax deferred, and mm-hmm. your money is still going to grow. So, my son works part time. Yep. His company. He, so he could technically get um, 401k from his job, yep. but I told him since it's part time, maybe he should he should um, invest in an IRA instead of going with the company. I'm not even sure the company is going to match him mm-hmm. because he's part time. So right. since he's since he's 27 mm-hmm. in this situation, I think that he should go for the Roth IRA. That way he can have something to look forward to in retirement right. versus a regular Roth. What do you think about that? I say if he can do both, do both. So yeah. do a Roth and a Roth IRA? No, 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 no. Uh, so, uh, so a Roth and a Roth IRA, that's, that's the same thing, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. A Roth and a traditional, those are, those are the two, right? And then beyond that, it's the 401k. So we can get in the 401k, do that because it's easy. He won't even see the money coming out. You know, he'll just know that, Hey, I, I've got 50 bucks per pay 
coming out and I'm invested. I'm making money. He don't control that because he's a participant. It's the company's plan, so they make the rules. Right. With an IRA, traditional or Roth, he controls it. So he, you know, I got over 2,000 funds they can pick from, right? And normally in a 401k, it's around about 15, 15-ish, right? Somewhere around mm-hmm. there that they, funds that they have. You know, and they're, and they're not, you know, they're not bad funds, but it's just, you know, if you can, you know, if you if you have more options, there may be some better options out there. But certainly a 401k is one of the easiest ways to help individuals build wealth. Even it's if not- the company, I don't even know if the company matches. Like I, I, I will have to look into that because like I said, because it's part-time, I don't know if he gets the full perks of it, right. um, but I'll have to, to look um, and see that I do have a question from the audience that I think would fit with what we're talking about right now. So Maria from the Bronx, she wanted me to ask you, Wendell, she was with the company for 25 years. Mm -hmm. She got laid off from the company. She took her 401k. It's it's a very nice package that she has. However, with COVID and different situations coming up and she hasn't been working, Mm -hmm. she wants to take some of the money to help offset some of the expenses that she has. The people who own the plan are telling her it will be like a 10% plus a 20%, which they will tax her 30%. She initially asked them if they could give her like a monthly check. They said, absolutely not. And if you take some money, we're going to tax you 30%. So her ask is, would she be able to take her entire 401k or part of her 401k, roll it over into a Roth, IRA because she will be turning um, 59 and a half Mm -hmm. in February. She'll meet that criteria. So she wants to know if she would be able to take some of that money right now, roll it over into a Roth IRA. When she turns 59 and a half, take some of the money out without being hit with a 30% um, penalty. Well, well, let Maria know that's that's a great question. The answer to that is, you know, it, it seems kind of, <laughs> you know, like a smart aleck uh, answer. But you know, when we leave our jobs, what personal items do we leave there with? Right? I mean, what what personal items do we leave at that job? Do we leave our family pictures? Do no. We leave, right. We don't, we leave none of our things that are personal. Right. Right. That four hundred one k is hers. Right. So when you leave, leave with everything. And I say roll it over for several reasons. It's still going to grow. But the difference is she'll have a she'll have a relationship with an advisor. She will control it and she could take money out if she needed without that big penalty. It may be 10 percent because if it's before 59 and a half, Mm -hmm. you're going to get penalized. Right. Right. And so but it won't be 30 percent. Right. Uh, and then, so that's the company's plan. So they, they put those rules in place. The difference, the big difference is if she needed it, I mean, she can take it and it's it's not as a big, big of a hit. She controls it. She has mm-hmm. a relationship. When you leave, leave with that 401k. Don't leave it there because you're in their plan. And when you're in their plan, you have to play by their rules. Exactly. That, that so, makes, that totally makes yeah, sense. Absolutely. So I would encourage her to roll those dollars out. Don't don't take a distribution, do a rollover, right? So if she take a distribution, they're going to take that 20% out. So we want to make sure that, that it rolls over into, now uh, there are Roth 401ks and there are traditional 401ks, right? Just regular 401ks. Mm-hmm. Depending on which one it is, and it's probably a traditional. She would have to roll that into a traditional IRA. She can roll it into a Roth, but she's going to be subject to taxes because remember, they're taxed differently. Right. Yeah. So, so she has the option of doing both, 
But I would tell her, you know, let's just get it over to a traditional IRA. And, you know, and then we, you know, we would have a conversation with their tax advisor and, and you know, see what that tax implication would look like on her if she chose to, you know, put it into a Roth. Now, would she be able to roll it into a, tra- a traditional and then roll it over again to a Roth? Because I would be trying all types of tricks to get my money. <laughs> I yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if she can, she she can do that, right? So I I would say do that first, get it out, get it out of that participants, get it out of the participants' hands, uh-huh. and now it's in the IRA. And so now when we sit and talk with her uh, tax advisor, we would say, hey, this is how much we got. How much should we move over into a Roth if she wants it, right? So so I know uh, you know it's it's, it's kind of like a, I guess an unwritten rule maybe, but you know she can do twenty five percent you know, for four years. So that bite won't be as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the other option is, um, you know, without being political, we know that the, the taxes uh, may be raised. And so would she take that tax now versus later when it's a higher tax bracket? So, so this couple mm. things to consider, but, you know, again, you know, I, as her advisor, I would, I would have a conversation with her tax advisor and say, Hey, this is what we're looking at doing. Right. Give me the tax implication and we'll see if it's worth it or not. We'll make that determination to see if it's worth it. But if she just want to roll it over to a traditional and be happy and, you know, and then we we establish a a plan for her uh, where those dollars can still grow. She can benefit from it. You know, uh-huh. then, then she don't even have to worry about the the uh, conversion as well. So uh, so either way is is a good year. Awesome. Thank thank you for for answering that for me and for Maria. Um, now, since I started investing mm-hmm. in the start market, I've been talking to a couple of friends and they think I'm insane. They think I'm crazy. They think I'm too old. Like I'm 52 and they're like, girl, why did you, why are you investing now? You don't have, we don't have money to throw away. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that there is a fear of investing? It's the first part of my question. Mm-hmm. And also, why do you think that people in our community, people of color, why are we afraid to get into in, into into the stock market and investing? So uh, the the fear or, or thinking that it's too late is is never too late, right? As long as you got breath in your body, it's it's not too late. Mm-hmm. And you know you've got potentially you know twenty years where those dollars can grow, right? <laughs> so so twenty years is a lot of time. If you say, hey, I'm gonna you know. Make sure that I fund this thing fully, and at, at fifty, it, uh, over fifty, you can put it up to seven thousand dollars into a uh, into an IRA. Mm-hmm. Under fifty is six. So if you can fund that, let's say for ten years, right? And you fund that uh, for ten years at seventy thousand dollars without the growth, right? So if it's if we're if we're talking about some growth, you know, it could potentially go to uh, you know double that potentially, right? Right. And, and so one hundred forty thousand dollars is a lot of money, right? It, it's it's not earth but it is a lot of money. It's better than zero. And so when you go into retirement, there's a couple of ways that we got to look at going to retirement. One is becoming debt-free. The other one is, you know, hey, we got to make sure that we've got some money that you can live off of. Uh, so, so that's, you know, I, I would say, you know, even if someone is 60, I mean, you know, something is better than nothing, right? And if they right. don't want to, then we may change the focus on, right, if you think you're too old, or if you don't want to invest, Right, let's focus on getting rid of your debt. Social Security, you know, looks different than if you got a mortgage and a, a you know two car payments. 
uh-huh. you know, than if you don't. And so, so there, there are different strategies. Everybody's strategy is going to be a little different. The second part is why don't we invest in our community? Uh-huh. It's so frustrating, right? Because I know the benefits of investing and protecting our families. And we just don't do it. No. Nope. One reason is mama and them said, no, you know, don't put money <laughs> to the market. <laughs> Wait, mama and them said. Mama and them said, don't put your money <laughs> to the market. <laughs> because, you know, you're going to lose your money, right? Right. And so at a point I said, well, you know, I'm not sure. So, so my, my follow-up question is, well, how much has mama and them lost in the market? And if that answer is none. And none, I'm, because they're not investing. Exactly, right? So they're not investing. <laughs> so it's hard to tell someone to do something if you haven't done it, right? Right. And so we see all these people making money in the market. Yes. So I, I think part of the disconnect is uh, people think once they invest it, it's gone, Right. Or it's right. just like gambling. And that same individual would take that thousand bucks and go to Vegas. I'm, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, preach or tell anyone how to, you know, do their money. But, you know, they'll take that same thousand uh, dollars, take it to Vegas, and you know good and well, Vegas gonna take it. Right? Thank you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so, but we could put it into the market. And then when we look at long term, if you look at long term, the market wins out uh, a lot more then it loses, right? So, right. Um, so, so when we look at educating those individuals on what the market is and what it does, and, and part of, if, if I've been told for 25, 30 years that the market is bad, I'm not gonna be able to change that individual in, in one conversation, right? And just, right. just an hour, just, just educate. So it's, it's, it's a process of educating them and showing them, hey, this is, this is how money works. This is how the market works. This is how you can benefit and leave generational wealth and not, you know, if, if you're going to break the family up, you know, make it over a couple of million bucks, right? Exactly. Don't break, don't <laughs> not over a couple of hundred. <laughs> right, right. Don't break, don't break the family up over a, uh, over a kitchen table. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, so it's all about educating them and showing them how money works and, 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 and what it's done and just getting them comfortable uh, and investing and, and still some still don't right because the other part of that is it's not quick and it's not sexy I know everybody wants bitcoin uh-huh. <laughs> and they make that money real fast and if I if I got a client that's sitting in front of me and tell me that they want to buy bitcoin I won't discourage them I will tell them that uh, I don't do get rich quick right right we eventually get there. You can make that a portion of your portfolio. Just don't make it 100% of your portfolio. Right. Between that and cryptocurrency, I'm like, mm, I'll just try to, to navigate stocks. So we're right. getting to the part um, of the show where I usually like to, everyone knows who listens. They know I like to do my little top 10 list. <laughs> yes. So um, I pulled up an article from US News and the author gave her 10 best tips for new investors Mm-hmm. And I want to know if you give her top 10 list a thumbs up, okay. a thumbs down, a side eye, <laughs> a girl. Why did you say that? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and feel free to stop me if you disagree on any of her tips. So the best 10 tips for beginning investors. Number one, she has start now. I think that's a good tip. Amen. Um, number two, don't let the media scare you. Amen. Number three, Focus on your saving percentage and not your portfolio performance. What does that even mean? I, I have no yeah. idea. What does that mean exactly? She says, 
Okay. Focus on your savings percentage and not your portfolio performance. Yeah. So, and, and that's great, right? So here's what I do. Here's what we do in my household. You know, first 10% church, second uh -huh. 10% goes to us, right? So we pay ourselves. Right. And, you know, that, that second 10% is what we invest. So, so she's talking about that percentage of your pay that you invest, right? And a good rule of thumb, right? Because it's, if, it's, if it's good enough for the Bible, right? So, and mm -hmm. I'm not preaching, but, you know, I'm saying if you take a percentage of your income and be consistent every single month, you will win at the end of the day. If you chase performance, it may not happen for you, right? So don't worry because, long, again, long-term, don't worry about how the market is doing today because mm -hmm. if you take a snapshot of what the market has done just in these past couple of weeks, right? We may not feel so good about it, but if we take a, a, a long look at the market and you, know, and, and you pick your funds, you know, uh, it's, it's a nice day, right? So that doesn't tell right. the whole picture that just that two weeks, it's just like us. If we could take our worst moment and that's not, that's not, that doesn't define who we are, right? It's just mm -hmm. a blip, right? There's a bigger picture about us. So it's the same thing about the market, right? So, so what she's talking about is a percentage of your income. Make sure you do that every single time you get paid. Got it. That makes, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, number four, set investing goals. Number five, use your investing goals to determine your time horizon. Uh, you already know, I'm going to ask you what the heck time horizon is. Does she just mean your, determine your, we how much, time. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Number six. And get to know your risk tolerance. To me, that means like high, medium, low risk. What are you able to handle? Can, are, can you afford to lose $5,000? Do you need that $5,000? Maybe you should choose stocks that are not as um, aggressive. That's what I think it means. That, that's exactly what it means. You know, and, and that's important that someone knows and understands, right? That what their risk is. Everybody wants to make money, but they don't want to take the risk, right? <laughs> Just like exactly, exactly. I was, uh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to die to get there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, number seven, start with broad-based investments. Number eight, keep costs low. Number nine, don't be afraid to ask for help. And number 10, automate as much as you can and automate. What does she mean? An app? Like what exactly does automate mean? So in your 401k, it's, it's automated, right? So you set that percentage or you set that dollar amount and you just, you know, you ain't even got to think about it anymore. It's going to do it every single month. Mm -hmm. Same thing. If you're doing it outside, you know, make sure that it's consistent. If, you know, if your investment time is the first of every single month, Mm -hmm. Make sure, you know, it's automated where you don't have to think about it, where you don't have to act because if the more we have to act, the less is going to get done. Right. It just goes automatically. So yeah. circling back to her point number seven, start with broad based investments. Does she mean like gold, like stuff that's a, a, like a like a, a broad portfolio? So I'm not 100 percent what she's referring to there. However, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, diversify. Right. Right. So for an individual. Uh, that wants to buy some stock, I'll tell them, you know, okay, go look around your house. What products do you like? And would you, you know, would, would you endorse that product? If you mm. would, buy that, right? Because, you know, now you've become an owner of that company, because, you know, or, or one share represents ownership. So now you become an owner of that product and you can, you know, you can make sure you tell your friends, hey, go buy this, you know, <laughs> because this is a good product, right? And when it makes right. money, yeah. 
So, uh, so she may mean uh, that you just want to have a wide range of diversification, right? You don't want to just do one stock and stop right there. Uh, and mutual funds kind of do that for you, right? So it's, it's a portfolio mm-hmm. of different stock, different industries. Awesome. So you would give this list a, a, a thumbs up, right? Not a side eye. <laughs> I, I, would, I would give it a thumbs up. That's that's some good advice there. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's only good if people use it. <laughs> right, right, right. And they certainly should use that. Yeah, that's some good advice. This concludes part one of Investing 101. Stay tuned. Part two is up next.